Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,248. I'm celebrating Women's History Month this March by having 21 inspiring women, the movers and shakers who work in the automotive industry. Today, we're talking to another racer. Don't count the days, but make the days count. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hey, this is Mark Green. Join me at the Classic Auto Show in Costa Mesa, California, this March 16th and 17th at the Orange County Fair and Events Center. I'll be the celebrity stage MC conducting live interviews with past Cars Yard guests, including Adam Carolla, the Grand Marshal, Dave Kindig from Bitchin' Rides, Wayne Carini from Chasing Classic Cars, Mark Warman from Graveyard Cars, Mike Finnegan from Roadkill, Bogey from All Girls Garage, Big Mike, Import Tuner and Builder, and Lynn St. James, an iconic race car driver. I hope I'll see you at the Classic Auto Show. For more information, go to theclassicautoshow.com. That's theclassicautoshow.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm a revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest calling in from Aloha. Yes, Aloha, Oregon, Cindy Lux. Hey, Cindy, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Absolutely. This will be fun. All right. Cindy Lux is a race car driver who has won 13 road racing championships, more than 80 victories, and over 160 podium finishes, along with 50 pole positions. Her 13 career road racing titles include the America Le Mans Series, Women's Global GT Series, SCCA, and Trans Am Northern Club events, just to name a few. She earned a Lifetime Achievement Award from the Oregon Motorsports Museum Association, was the Oregon SCCA National Driver of the Year, and Pro Driver of the Year, to name just a few of her many earnings. She figured out how to balance that busy race schedule with a demanding business schedule. She's one of the leading program managers in the world, a managing partner of the Han Automotive family of dealerships, and manages Lux Performance Group with her husband, Fred. So Cindy, I have told our listeners just a little bit about your very busy and fast life. Would you take a brief moment to share just a little bit more about your career and a very obvious passion for racing automobiles? Oh my God! Yeah, I think I learned a few things by, by your intro there. I forgot about some of that. Um, but no, no, you're. I've been involved in in uh, God, the automotive world forever. My grandfather was racing. My father and my two older brothers all had some kind of a motorsports deal. So uh, kind of been in it for a while. And and uh, yeah, just honestly, just from the motorsports, then kind of did kind of ventured off and did some high performance other types of driving, uh, which we'll get into a little bit later in terms of executive protection programs down in South America to training celebrities for the Toyota Grand Prix uh, down in Long Beach for several years uh, with that race and so forth. And so everything's just kind of manifested into just kind of where we're at today and and, uh, gave up the corporate life, uh, working for Toyota Motor Sales at the corporate down there in Torrance, California, before it moved back east, um, or I should say back to Texas. And yeah, I did the corporate world for a while and then started getting into the, the engineering side and then did the, the racing and one thing I led to another. And then in 85, I believe, started my own company and it's been ever since. So it's, it's been a, it's been an up and down type of a deal, but it's, it's, uh, wouldn't have changed anything. I mean, I would not have, you know, gone back to change anything over this. It's been a fantastic ride. Wow. No kidding. You are one busy lady, not only on the track, but just in life in general. 
I think that's great. And we're going to learn a lot more about this busy schedule of yours and your racing and all the things you've enjoyed. But first, I always like to ask my guests for a success quote or a mantra. This is some kind of saying that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success. It's a really nice way to get the inspirational tires smoking here on Cars, yeah? So, Cindy, take the wheel. (laughs) There's so many many good ones, you know what I mean? Um, Yeah. I just, my biggest thing is being really positive and just working your ass off. But I think, I think the one that really <laughs> probably kind of, you know, when you're like, when you're a kid for Christmas, you know, you're always just kind of counting the days to Christmas or counting the yeah. days to your birthday or just, you know, you're always looking forward to something versus kind of living in the moment. And I think the one that kind of at several years ago, I was doing a lot of reading um, just on some certain sports personality. I think the one that really kind of hit home for me actually was Muhammad Ali. Don't count the days, but make the days count. You know, just get up and and just make each day count towards that goal. You know, don't be just staring at the goal, you know, work hard towards it and stuff. So I think, I think that one kind of hits home to me a little bit. Um, It's just rally every day and, and work hard every single day. And it's going to, you're going to end up with the results you want by doing that. Yeah. You know, I love that concept because there's another concept by a philosopher that talks about that if you're living in the past and I'm going to butcher this all up, but if you're living in the past, you're frustrated if you're living in the future you're anxious but you're living in the now you're peaceful and it's somewhat the same thing to focus on what you're doing right now do the best you can with it it's a lot like racing isn't it because having raced myself you can't think about the past or the future you need to think about the present when you're in a race car going fast right for sure and there's yeah. a lot of times that people's brains will kind of wander away and that's when you just got to focus and get back and back to the to task at hand yeah, that's usually when you hit a wall or spin out or do something, yeah, <laughs> something exactly. silly. Yeah, I used to ride bikes, motorcycles too. And it's the same with motorcycles. You got to be in the present. It's not like driving a car to work where you can forget and not even remember the whole drive to the office. If you do that on a bike, you probably didn't make it. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's probably true. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, let's talk about that personal passion for cars that you have. Because you grew up in this incredible, wonderful family around racing and cars. Uh, what a lucky lady you are. But I'd love for you to share a story that instigated that passion, maybe a pivotal moment that you remember when you knew you were indeed a car gal. You know, it's kind of weird because, you know, like, even though I grew up with a family in motorsports, this is going to sound really kind of odd, but being the youngest and the only girl in the family, I was never allowed to go to the racetrack. I was never allowed to go watch my dad race or my brothers, you know, that wasn't really the gig, you know, for girls at that time. So I was kind of left home on the farm and my thing really growing up was horses. I'm not only breeding them, but I showed them first. God, started showing horses when I was six years old um, wow. and actually supported myself all the way through college um, and so forth. And so horses were really my kind of claim to fame, per se, let's just say. Mm-hmm. Um, but even though the family kind of had the automotive side of the world, I was, just, you know, I was interested by it, but not didn't have a passion about it. But it wasn't really until after I went to college and kind of just something clicked and started to really my career was going to be kind of in law enforcement with the FBI or CIA or the ATF. Um, That was really what I was what I was applying for and did all the interviews and stuff like that. But I think that it was just kind of more the adrenaline aspect. I just loved adrenaline. You know, I did, you know, karate for several years. I ran swim team. I I played tennis, you know, on on a on a pretty big level. and. So I just learning things regardless. I just love the the aspect of learning. And I think really the the part I really got the bugs was when I graduated from college, 
I didn't want to go to work for the family business of, in the automotive world over in Yakima. And I just kind of went down to California and got a job down there with Toyota Motor Sales and, and working in corporate in their, in their parts department, uh, inventory control for all the dealers. And one thing kind of led to another. And I think the real moment that I went, that I kind of like, I, from a sports standpoint, it was the first time I went to the Long Beach Grand Prix down there. And then within probably six, seven days afterwards, I signed up for a driving school. That was it. I mean, I was just hooked. I got like 20 credit cards. I went out and bought a race car, lived in an apartment. I had no <laughs> place to put it, you know, and I got a storage yeah. unit, that I, which is illegal to store fuel and gas and tire. Of you know, course. I mean, all this yeah. stuff you look back on it now. It's like, yeah. But what anyway, so that was really, that was, so I, it's kind of weird. I didn't, it's one of those things where I really can't say growing up with a family influenced me, but there must have been some underlying who knows on the deal, but some, even now to the some day, DNA um, in the oil, yeah, the, the I, I, bloodline. <laughs> exactly. You know, even though, you know, yeah, I mean, I was, like I said, settled cars around for certain dealerships during summer jobs, la, 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 la. But uh, my interest really was the horses, but it wasn't until college after that when I gave that up and then started taking them driving. Yeah. Wow. Very, very cool. Now, where was the, the farm you lived on? I, I know you lived down in Oregon now. Was it in Oregon or I, I think I saw you were originally from Tacoma? No, actually, I was born and raised in Yakima, Washington. Yakima, and okay. And that's where my family's at even now. Uh, my dad and brother and so forth have several dealerships over there. Uh, my grandfather mm-hmm. started off in 1924 uh, with the first family dealership, the Packard and all sorts of crazy stuff oh back then. And wow. Anyway, my dad took it over and my brother and, and everything. And so, yeah, so I grew up in Yakima, went to school in Tacoma at University of Puget Sound and and then went down to California for about 15 years down there with Toyota, then moved back to the Northwest um, in up here in Portland, Oregon, and I've been here ever since. There you go. Well, we're practically neighbors since I'm just on the other side of the border up here in Gig Harbor, Washington, but I know Yakima and all that, and I've uh, been down your way to race and drive at Portland International Raceway. Great track to be on and go fast on. I love that place. So, uh, yeah, it is fun. Cool. Yeah, cool backstory. Well, let's take a look at some of the roads you've driven down. Talk about a big challenge or a big failure. With all these things you've done, no doubt you've maybe met up against a few things that challenged you a bit. I'd love for you to share one of those and tell us what the learning lesson there was that enabled you to go forward in a positive direction. Wow, that that one's just so tough to identify because there's so many. <laughs> so many, yeah. Well, there, that's there's good. So many. That means you push yourself. Me, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the thing to me is, is uh, you know, a challenge or a failure per se. All that really did is give me more ammunition or learning experience to take it to move it forward. So, I think the biggest thing really is that for many years, I just had to get used to the word no. You know, no, you shouldn't do that, or no, you can't have the money, or no, you shouldn't, you know, do this, or la 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 la. And it, it was really just a matter of trying to be professional and rise above it and learn from it and figure out a way, you know, to make it work and stuff. It's weird. I, I don't really have any major failures. Yeah. I mean, I've done business deals that have gone bad or I've had certain, you know, I mean, just employees to, to whatever. But again, I'm just such a positive person where I try to take everything from, you know, things that didn't work out, just figure out why and improve that for the future. So I'm grateful for failures because I think the failures have made me into a better person, both from a business standpoint, but also from a driving standpoint. And then more importantly, it teaches me how to treat people too. So that was really kind of this. So I really can't give you a certain story because there's too many little ones, you know, per se. But, you know, I think honestly, I think, yeah, I just, I just look at them as bumps in the roads and then just kind of moving forward. So I know that kind of doesn't really address your question and so forth, but yeah, I just, 
I just love, I just love what I do. So even with the failures, I just, I keep running with it. Well, it's a great way to be. Let me rephrase it in a different way that might help a listener out there that is challenged. I, I know a lot of folks are challenged by the word no. If they're trying to build something, they're trying to land accounts or get sponsors, let's say in racing, which is a big one, and they keep hearing no, that can be very deafening and defeating to people. Sometimes just a few of those and they give up. What's one little speck of wisdom that you might offer through your optimism to somebody to get them to think of that in a very different way so they can keep moving forward? Yeah, I think you need to surround yourself with people that believe in you or people that you can just talk to. You know, and that's one of the things, even though you're if you're going for a goal or if you're going for a business that's a little bit different or you're you're trying to do something in a sporting industry that you're just not having the, the success, we need to surround yourself or study those people that do have the success. And people want to help others that have an interest, that have a passion. And mm-hmm. I can see that I get many calls throughout the day or week or whatever, maybe from so-and-so people or just hey, Cindy, can I pick your brain on this? Or I, I want to get involved in motorsports or I want to get involved in this. You can weed out very, very quickly those that truly have the passion that are mm-hmm. willing to do anything. Within legal ramifications, I always have to backtrack when I say that, but <laughs> yeah. that would truly just do just about anything to get to their passion. Right. And I think, honestly, the, the word no, again, you just have to learn to not take it personally, but to really figure out why that word no was given to you. Was it my appearance? Was it my was it my presentation? Was I I didn't have my act together and have all the you know the proper presentational stuff you know correct or what what did I do? what could I do moving forward to not make that happen again? So I'm a big believer of having kind of a you know, I want to say like a mentor or a sure yeah you know, the right I people say, around I, you I, yeah, yeah. I, I really because in, in my sport I didn't really even though you know I've worked a lot with like with Lindsay James and and even had the pleasure of working with Janet Guthrie and a few others. But to me, it was the folks in different types of sports business that had to face certain challenges that I kind of went to. And that, that's, I think, was kind of my, my secret on trying to move forward is just don't do what the Joneses did down the street or, you know, just don't emulate success from another person. Try to figure out your own path. Try to figure out how you're going to be unique. And so that's kind of my gig is just, just keep swinging the bat and don't give up because every once in a while, you're going to get a hit. Yeah. Babe Ruth right there. Your comments there are fantastic, and it it brings up a thought when I was young and I was just learning how to be an account executive in an advertising agency. And I had a hard time when people say no to me or wouldn't even talk to me. I, re- I took it really personally. And I had this great guy, Cobalt Banker, his name was Steve. He was the head of an office. I finally got in to meet with him to try to convince him we could do work for him. And he said no. And I think he could, I know he could see on my face, like almost the horror. Like I got this far. I finally got to meet with you. And he said, no, seriously? And I started to leave and he, he said, Mark. And I go, yeah. And he goes, do you have a second? And I go, yeah. And he goes, come over here. And we sat down. On, we were at his desk and we sat down on a couch, changed the atmosphere. And he said, I want to teach you something today. He goes, I can tell you're a little upset that we're not going to be working with you right now. And I said, yeah, I am. He said, a no today can only mean a possibility to a yes tomorrow. And he said, don't give up. Come back to me again. The timing just isn't right right now. But it doesn't mean no forever. And I just always remember that, that that no doesn't mean no forever. It's just no to today. So uh, now if I'd known that in high school, I'd had a lot more dates. But I didn't know that in high school. <laughs> so I didn't have a lot more dates. But uh, oh, well, maybe that's, that's a better awesome. thing. Yeah, who good. knows? Who knows? 
Well, let's have a little bit of fun, as if we're not already having fun here, and talk about your first really special car. Is there a first car in your life that really stood out for you? Oh, man. Biggest thing that really stood out for me was actually my first motorcycle. I know it sounds weird, but growing up, again, with all older brothers, um, which we lived on the farm, and and they had their dirt bikes and and did the deal. Well, I was was about seven years younger than my brothers, but being the only girl, if I was going to go out and hang with my big brothers, I had to keep up. And so... I remember my very first mini bike, you know, and we go riding after school every, every day. And I just remember they, they kind of said to me, if you're going to ride this, you got to learn to keep up that. And I said, perfect. So I think really most special time really was just riding motorcycles um, and mini bikes with the family. And and more importantly, just don't be that little sniveling little girl and and do that. And I think that really (laughs) kind of just taught me so much to kind of mold over a little bit into motorsports, but it was more like, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to run with the big dogs, learn how to do it. And so I just remember I was, beat up and sore and crashed <laughs> yeah. a lot or whatever, but I was always the first one there the next day. And so we go on riding and I just love motorcycles. I really, really do. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm used to fun. So I, I think that's probably the most special uh, per se on our car or bike. So sure. um, I was in fact, I'm, I'm trying to actually find that same little mini bike or motorcycle actually restore uh, to bring into our collection now. So well, we're having trouble cool. doing it. So we're trying to identify which one, but yeah, I'm trying to find it. Mine was a Honda trail 70. Oh, um, nice. Oh, yeah. My parents yep. bought one for my sister, one for me. We used to go camping down on the beach in Mexico, and my sister and I would ride those things till they ran out of gas up and down the beach. It was like, oh, the freedom. So much fun. Yeah. I'd kind of like to have one of those now, even. I don't know what I'd do with it, but oh, it's just... Oh, that, yeah. that whole market is just going crazy. Yeah. Yeah. You so. can find them for sale all over, but they're quite expensive. Uh, Should have no, kept yeah, ours, but... My mom kind of sold them out from under us one one day. I was, where are the bikes? You well, yeah, you're old. You're too old for those now. So it's like, ooh, bummer. Yeah. So thanks, thanks yeah, mom. Then I got into like Yamaha 125s. They're a little faster, more fun. So there you go. See, that's, that's fun. A good thing. Yeah. How about seller's remorse? Is there a vehicle you've let go? Maybe it was that one that you wish you had back. That little bike. Yeah, no doubt. Honestly, I'm terrible to say this, but I haven't really sold too many of our my race cars and stuff, and so mm-hmm. I probably should. But I think the one <laughs> actually, the one I think actually the one that my first pro sponsorship deal coming out of Chrysler when I was a uh, uh, back by Mopar back in 2007, 2008, uh, when I ran the world challenge program. And that was the one I ended up selling that car like in 2010. And that's the only car that I, that, yeah, I probably say I have a little bit of remorse, but I had to do it financially to keep yeah. the business going and kind of moving into the next phase and stuff. So that's probably the one car yeah. that I wish I would have, uh, would have kept. Understood. Well, I'd love for you to share more with our listeners about kind of racing you're doing, uh, what your plans are for 2019, and what has you excited and fired up this year? Oh, wow. Um, yeah, everything, everybody. Um, it really, right now, what we're looking for, this will be our our fifth year of running in the Trans Am Series. We will start, I think we're going to miss the first race. It's just a little bit too far, too early for us uh, to head down to Sebring. And, you know, if I were a smart business person, I would probably find a series that's a little bit more Midwest or <laughs> West Coast based. But no, we're we're not the smartest team in the world. So we pretty much <laughs> we have another. We uh, yeah run a lot on the East Coast. So we will once we leave Portland, uh, the transporter and all the cars and everything, we have another shop based uh, right outside of Indianapolis. Um, so we keep everything back there for the year. Uh, and then we just fly all the crew members and so forth back to the tracks and so forth. And so this is our fifth year um, running uh, our Dodge Vipers into this series. And it's just been fun. It's really, really, it's been great. Um, Trans Am is, is very much of an up and coming series where it kind of went through its little kind of 
up and down type per se of some things. But uh, the series itself is growing. Uh, the main series, because they have a they have a little bit of a West Coast presence out here. The main series is by far, um, you know, I'm on track with 50 to 60, 70 cars during our race and stuff. And so, yeah, it's definitely old school where, you know, you're pushing and shoving and beating and banging, but, but in a very much positive way. So um, I think our first race of the year will actually be, actually, I take that back a little bit. We'll head down to Laguna Seca. Um, and then from there, we'll head back to Indianapolis, Road America, uh, Watkins Glen, uh, Virginia. Coda, all sorts of, of tracks, and then we'll probably oh, head back home. Um, yeah, uh, and then we'll basically head back home probably around Halloween. So once we oh, leave here, wow. we're gone for the year. Yeah, for sure. My goodness. Well, so it's kind of what I tell people to traveling circus. Yeah, that's pretty much how <laughs> I try to, you know, legitimately, that's how I kind of feel like it is. So, uh, but yeah. it's a lot of fun. No doubt. Well, uh, say hello to my good friend, Tim McGrain. He's a past Cars Yard guest here, the new CEO at Laguna Seca there. Uh, I very will. cool track. Yep. That's where I very got nice. my racing license. That was a great place to learn how to drive cars fast. So love that track very much. And what's the name of your racing team? Um, basically just Lux Performance Group. Myself and actually my husband, Fred Lux. He is kind of the, the mad wizard behind the thing. And he's made my, my career very easy. Um, he preps the cars, engineers them, fabricates. We do everything in our shop, um, except wow. build motors. We do all the fabrication cages, everything. So it's very much of a turnkey operation. Um, nice. We've had that business since uh, 2000, no, since 90, 1990. Um, and that's just going very, very well. So it's, you know, there's a learning curve working with your husband. Uh, not only does he oversee the race team, you know, <laughs> yeah, but there's some yeah. days where you kind of, you know, I'm the driver on one of the drivers on the team. And there's certain times where I'm like, Hey, time out. I need to be your wife for a second, you know, okay, and then, yeah. you know, then the race track, <laughs> and then we go back into the, you know, engineer's mode slash driver and stuff. So it's been, you know, we've had our challenges and so forth, but we've been, we've had a lot of fun together. And one thing about my husband, he definitely makes me laugh. Um, and nice. we laugh at a lot of, a lot of things in life, but it's been good. It's been very, very good. Yeah. And like I've told a lot of people, he has been honestly, probably the underlying reason of my success. Um, I am a firm nice. believer that anybody can drive one of his race cars and succeed. Nice. Very nice. I love it. A great team. Lux Performance Group. Well, Cindy, up next is the last lap. Before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Do you know the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and the interior, is with a car cover? I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. That's right. 1975. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft has been manufacturing premium quality exterior and interior covers for over 50 years with a stellar reputation for durability and design. They're the world's largest manufacturer of custom patterned vehicle covers that are crafted to fit over 80,000 patterns and growing. They are the only cover I'll put on my vehicles. You can choose from a wide variety of fabrics, styles, colors, and more. From full cover designs for factory to custom-made vehicles, plus convertible top covers, trucks, truck cab coolers, motorcycles, scooters, ATVs, trailers, campers, personal watercraft, and a wide variety of custom features. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark sent you. That's Covercraft.com. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, 
thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah! podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah! website at com. Hey, Mark Green here from the Cars Yeah! podcast. Did you know you can now see me on the Cars Yeah! TV show? That's right. Cars Yeah! is now on MAV-TV. I visit some of the past Cars Yeah! guests and take you along for the ride. Go to MAVTV.com to learn more where you can enjoy Cars Yeah! TV. MAV-TV is also available on DirecTV, FuboTV, Fios by Verizon, or you can stream it through MAVTV.com online. And they said I only had a face for podcasting. All right, Cindy, we're back, and I have a very introspective question for you. If you were manifested into a car, you woke up tomorrow and you were parked in the garage, what would Cindy be and why? <laughs> that's an interesting, that is, that's truly an interesting one. You know, I think actually just being, uh, again, one of the dealerships that growing up as a little girl and stuff, uh, was, my father had one of the Chrysler dealerships over in Yakima, and with my brothers, you know, kind of being in this, the muscle cars, I think actually I'd like to be like a, Back is it 1970 or 71 uh, Hemi Cuda uh, convertible, cool. yeah. um, which they only made, I think, I don't know, a dozen or so of those cars. But uh, I just kind of like it because it's kind of kind of stately, but damn thing just doesn't kind of wear out, you know, and it gets better with age. Um, yep. But I just, I really think the, the muscle cars, but more importantly, the Chrysler muscle cars. And it just brings back a lot of, a lot of memories uh, with the family and so forth. So I would have to say the 71 uh, convertible Cuda would be awesome. Opar. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Well, we're up to the last lap. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners very quick blips of that Mopar throttle answer. So here we go. What's the best automotive or racing advice you've ever received? Don't give up. Yeah. Do not give up. Keep plugging along and just, just keep calling people, talking to people. Take them out for a cup of coffee. Um, ask if you can observe. You know, and, and, and to be honest, you got to volunteer your time. You know, for a certain thing, and, and you just go learn. And but just truly, never ever give up. And those people that you kind of watch that has the biggest, the shiniest race operations or whatnot, there's always behind the curtain element. You know, I mean, so sometimes what's shiny and and you know, fast and loud and stuff behind the curtain, and maybe it's total mess. You know, you kind of look for longevity also um, in terms of, you know, certain race teams or people that have been in the sport for umpteen years. Well, obviously, they're doing something right because they've been in it for a long time. So I really try to tell people just kind of surround yourself with people that are positive. But more importantly, just do not give up on the sport because this sport is brutal. And that's why I, I love to help people because I've been there before. There's been yeah, many, many times I started on my career. I slept in the pickup trucks at the racetracks. I couldn't afford a motel. I was digging through the dumpsters, you know, trying to get takeoff tires that people threw away. That was the only way I could afford to, to, to you know, run my race car. So Dedication. I've been there and, and, you know, but to be honest, I wouldn't be the person today unless I did that back then. Yeah. Yeah. When you get it all handed to you, it's a very different story than when you earn it. How about a personal habit? Would you share a personal habit that you have that you believe has contributed to your many successes? I don't know if it's a habit. If anything, I think, I think the biggest thing that's really kind of contributed to my success is just being humble. Um, mm. But more importantly, I think one of the things is I never talk about my driving. I do that on the racetrack. Okay. And so many people try to talk themselves up, you know, off the racetrack. I've won this race. I've done that. Or I could beat this person. Or if I had this, I would win. That's, there's no, 
you know, there's no depth to that. There's, it's all just speculation or just whatever. So I really, once I started getting in racing, I knew my, my driving on the racetrack would open more doors, doors than me flapping my jaw. So in doing so, <laughs> yeah. you really had to be very humble also at the same time. Yeah. Very nice. How about a resource? There are lots of wonderful resources for us these days. Is there one you'd like to share? Oh, man. I think, I think nowadays, you know, I think getting information, you know, with all the social media and, and everything else, I think that's fantastic. But I still think the biggest resource you have is going out and talking to people, you know, and just you got to overcome your fear of speaking, you know, uh, fear of sitting down and asking for favors. But more importantly, don't, don't be afraid to ask for help. And so I'm a real big, big believer of research and, and so forth, but I'm also a big advocate on just meeting people face to face. I think that's yeah. one of the biggest things I've learned over the years. And that's just so key. I mean, there's times nowadays where we do so many telemarketing meetings, you know, online. Well, I'm kind of old school sometimes. Nope. It's time for me to get on a flight. I need to go to Detroit to have a meeting. That meeting lasts 30 minutes. You know, it's one of those deals where you're in the air more than anything else, but that 30 minutes of FaceTime I'm still a believer that it's, it's going to get you further than, than being on a telephone. Yeah, very nicely said. If I could wave my magic wand and arrange for you to have a nice drink with anyone in the automotive or racing industry, who would it be? That is a good one. I think I'd like to have a drink with Henry Ford. There he is again. Old Henry pops up a lot with that question. Yeah. Yeah, no it's, doubt. It's just, <laughs> Many reasons yeah. why. I mean, for a man that, uh, yeah, I mean, for a man that really sacrificed a lot on his career and so forth, but just have the, the visionary, just even from the production line st- standpoint, you know, yeah. the first person to really put in a, on, on that deal. So I think Henry Ford to me, I would like to go back in time and just to sit with him. Be cool. Very, very cool. How about a book? Is there a book that you'd like to share with our listeners? In terms of racing and just life or, or anything, any kind of book that you've enjoyed? You know, it's funny. I don't read. I'm not a big reader versus my husband will finish off a book in two days. I mean, we're, polar opposite i'm a movie buff you know or (laughs) or listen to podcasts and stuff but i think the one book that and and it's funny my copy is just about destroyed i've read it so much i think probably the best author that author that i just love reading his books actually is carol smith and i think the one very easy read that i really recommend to a lot of my clients and students is that drive to win by carol smith i think that is just every season every january this time of the year right now is i will whip it out and I probably have to put more duct tape on it because this thing I've read it for probably <laughs> I mean forever. Every time I read it, it it's just it's the basics, but more importantly, it just puts your mindset into such a a different mindset to be the driver behind the wheel and our responsibilities yeah. too. Yeah, when I started racing vintage cars, a friend of mine gave me that book, and it was a great book for me. In a good, uh, to, I mean, it, yeah, and just, yeah, just reading it over and over and over every single time. I mean, I must have read I must have read that book twenty times. Every time great. I read it, I find something new. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good go-to, go back to. And it, it applies to more than just driving. It can apply to life and relationships and um, all sorts of things. I think it's uh, there's a lot of uh, correlations there. Well, listeners, I'll remind you that you can find all these great resources Cindy has shared on her Cars yeah show notes page. Just go to carsyeah.com, type in Cindy, C-I-N-D-I, Lux, L-U-X, and that page will pop right up. All right, Cindy, we're up to the checkered flag in this last question could be a bit of a doozy. Today, I'm going to buy you any cool collector car on the planet. doesn't matter who owns it, where it is. I'm going to park it in your garage, but there's a couple rules to this game. You can't sell it to buy a bunch of racing supplies or race cars or tires or whatever. you got to keep it. You have to drive it. No garage queens collecting dust around here. 
And it's the only cool collector car you can have in your garage. So choose wisely. Now, that's pretty easy, actually. Um, hmm. I would have to say the car that my father used to race uh, when he first started would be a Ferrari uh, 250 t- Testarossa. Oh, my gosh. Your dad yeah. raced a TR? Holy yeah, cow. He, he, he had two of those. Um, and, oh, uh, two of them. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I think uh, and I never was able to see it, you know, um, but uh, but yeah, I think I just going back and he had a I think at 57 and then yeah. a 59. And so, um, in fact, the 57 actually was the first car that actually won the very first Rose Cup race in Portland down here. And then I think the 59. I remember right. My memory is getting pretty bad, but actually it was uh, Phil Hill drove it to a victory down in the L.A. Times. There's a, there's a Grand Prix way back oh. when um down in oh, riverside wow. um and yeah. did all that stuff so i think having one of my dad's old cars or just a car like that i think that would yeah. be my my fantasy to have that in my garage that i would probably drive oh and, my awesome. goodness this is gonna cost me a bloody fortune i can see right now yeah wow <laughs> yeah very happy so there i guess so yeah no kidding this doesn't make anybody happy when i have one of those i you know there was one of those up here in the pacific northwest when i first moved here it belonged to uh pete lovely who was an F1 driver and a racer, of course. Uh, maybe you know that name from way back, but he was a racer up here. And uh, he had it restored by um, Butch Dennison, who's been a guest on the show. And they owned the car together for a long time. And I used to borrow cars from them when I was at Griot's Garage to shoot catalog covers. And we borrowed one. And I took my kid's Christmas picture sitting in that car. And years later, that car had been sold to, I think, the Macaws. And it was sitting on the lawn at Pebble Beach. and my son Blake, who was like two at the time of the Christmas picture, was now probably nine, maybe ten. And we walked up and I said, Do you remember this car? And he said, I remember a picture of me in this car, but you know, he was too little to remember. And Mr. McCaw came over and I told him the story and he goes, Well, hop in. Just sit in again. We'll take some pictures of you. So uh yeah, that was a beautiful car. Uh well you want to hear something that's gonna kinda of send shivers down your your spine. What's that? That was one of my father's cars. That oh really? That one car? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There you that go. Was the 59, yeah. Um that actually ended up selling to Jack Nevercut and also Pete Lovely. Yeah. Um and then from there it was that was sold to Bruce um after yeah. that. So yeah, that was uh yeah, the fifty nine PR that dad. Okay. Well at least now I know where to stuff, go to, so. to beg, borrow, and steal from Bruce <laughs> to find you that car. I'm not sure he's gonna let it go, but uh you yeah, know, he doesn't, he didn't really need to sell anything, but, um, no, exactly. exactly. Yeah. Wow. So, no, that is so very cool. World. That small is world. a small world. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Cindy, you've taken me on a great ride around the track today. I knew you would. I've really enjoyed getting to know you better. I want to thank you for sharing your amazing life and journey with the Cars Yow listeners. Could you offer us maybe one little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you rip off into the sunset and dad's 250 TR? Man, just uh, live life and, and get up in the morning and watch the sunrise and watch the sunset and just get ready for the next day and hit it full throttle, you know, because every day truly is a gift. And uh, no, just enjoy the ride. And, and if you work hard, it's like, like I tell people when I coach them on the racetrack, don't focus on the end result time. Focus on the process, how to get there. Work on the meat and potatoes. And that's exactly how I approach life every morning get up to the meat and paid potatoes on the business, stick to the basics and everything else will, will fall into place. Yep. Every corner entry, every exit. Yep. That's the way place to focus. And what's the best way for our listeners to follow along with you and Lux performance group? Oh my gosh. It's pretty easy. Uh, either through our website, which is this CindyLux.com or LuxPerformance.com. 
but any of the social media outlets, you know, from Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and all those stuff. So pretty easy to find us as much as, you know, the, the, the good and the downside of social media, but uh, pretty <laughs> easy. And of course, we've got our YouTube pages as well, both on Lux Performance and then as well as my personal stuff, which is, um, because actually it's interesting. I do a lot of driving for other teams, not just our team itself. So uh-huh. um, I wear many, many hats these days. Cool. Very cool. And I want to do a shout out here to Kim McFarland. She's the nice lady who uh, connected yeah. me with Cindy. Very nice of her to uh, introduce us. Uh, she's awesome. Uh, been great to get to know you. And listeners, again, you can find all these links Cindy has shared on her very own Cars Yeah show notes page. Just type Cindy, C-I-N-D-I, into that search bar and you'll find her. Follow along with what this lady's doing. She will impress you. She will inspire you. And it'll be a fun ride for sure. Cindy, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your many cool experiences with me and the Cars Yow listeners. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thanks very much, Mark. I appreciate it. You're welcome. You take care of your cars, but who takes care of your investments? Tune-ups aren't just for engines. Updating your financial plan is important, too. Your GPS may take you from A to B, but it won't help you on the road to financial freedom. For that, you need a good co-pilot and a very trusted advisor. Chris Kimball, CFP, is just the man for the job. He'll guide you down that road without driving you crazy. For over 25 years, Chris has helped people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. With a master's degree in financial services, he is eminently qualified, and he's a car guy too. Learn more at chrisvkimble.com or call 866-ON-A-PLAN. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member FINRA SIPC. CK Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.